Well, amen. Thank you for leading us in that uh, wonderful old hymn and in our praise time today. If you have your Bibles, be finding Matthew chapter 5 as we look once again at the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has been walking us through this passage and he's been talking about the the law and the prophets and how he didn't come to destroy or disconnect the Old Testament but he's come to fulfill it he came that's in verse 17 do not think I've come to destroy the law and the prophets I've come not to destroy but fulfill he fulfills its prophecies its types, he bears its penalties on our behalf, and he gives us his Holy Spirit so that the law may be obeyed and we may be strong in, in grace, and uh, God helps us by his Spirit to fulfill it. Romans 8 3. God condemns sin in the flesh of Christ in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk according to the Spirit. So that is, that is where Jesus is coming from uh, right now. He's talking about those inner attitudes. Um, starting in verse 21 of Matthew 5 and going through... Verse 48 are six of these root issues of the heart. There are six of them here, and today we're going to look at the first one, uh, the issue of anger. We'll call this message anger management. The law was never meant to be external only. Let's begin reading in verse 21, and, and we'll, we'll uh, read 21 and 22 for now. Verse 21, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit murder. And whoever murders is liable to judgment. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother... And the King James says, without cause, and I think that's the correct reading, angry with his brother, an unjust anger is, is liable to judgment. In other words, you're as liable as if you committed the murder. You shall not murder. Whoever murders is liable to judgment. And everyone who is angry with his brother without cause is liable to judgment. In other words, the root makes you culpable before the law the desire that controls the behavior if the law forbids the deed then it also forbids the root of the deed he says in verse uh, 22 Everyone who's angry with his brother without cause will be liable to judgment. And then whoever insults his brother 
is liable to the council, that is a Jewish council, a court of law. And whoever says you fool is liable to the fires of hell. Ouch. So in these six examples, he starts with this idea, this passion of anger. And uh, Jesus is actually showing that the law is more than just uh, external obedience. If the law forbids the outward act, it also prohibits the inward desire that leads to it. That's why Paul said in in, uh, Romans 7, 14, we know that the law is actually spiritual. That is, the spirit of the law is what God intended when he first wrote the law and gave us the law. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord sees not as man sees, but uh, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks upon the heart. Now Jesus gives uh, a couple of of, of examples of what uh, dealing with anger involves. Uh, He says, this is the English Standard Version, he says in verse uh, 22, Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. The King James says, whoever calls his brother Raka, R-A-C-A, which was an old Aramaic term meaning uh, idiot. Um, Here it simply says, whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. In other words, you can get in trouble with the law if you call someone an offensive name. It is not simply criticism, but it is the contempt of the brother that Jesus is probing here. A demeaning, contemptuous, disdainful uh, statement to someone over an offense. The heart will be revealed in those words and the tone that you use. Um, Even certain facial expressions can convey contempt. Uh, Have you ever seen anybody stick out their tongue at somebody? Have you ever stuck out your tongue at somebody? Way back in Isaiah, Isaiah 57, 4, It says, whom are you mocking against whom do you open your mouth wide and stick out your tongue? This is hundreds of years before Christ. This conveys a disdain. And I think Jesus would forbid it. And adults can convey anger and contempt by certain gestures. I was going down Linden Road one day, and I think I was turning on Miller, and I was listening to a CD by the band, praise band, and it was it was beautiful. And I was worshiping God, driving, and worshiping, and I had my finger up, like that, praising God. And uh, and I admit, I was going a little slow. <laughs> and. And I heard honking behind me, and then this guy pulled.
pulled around and he was in a big truck. And he looked in and he also had his finger up. <laughs> and I looked and I thought, that's a different finger. But did you know Isaiah also talks about that? In Isaiah 58, verse 9, pull, pull that verse up. He says, Thou shalt call, God says, You will call to me and I'll answer. Thou shalt cry to me and I'll say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke of oppression and take away the putting forth of the finger. Huh. Hundreds of years before Christ. And I checked three commentaries on that. The first three commentaries all said the same thing. And I'm just going to give you one here. This is Albert Barnes. He's a great Presbyterian pastor now with the Lord. But he said, what this first means is if you cease to condemn and despise others uh, by ceasing to point a finger of scorn, it was the usual custom to make use of the middle finger on such occasions. <laughs> Jesus prohibits the use of contemptuous facial expressions and pagan customs and gestures. Because he calls us to be different. And I remind you, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, he went up on the mountain and sat down and his disciples came to him. These are people who are disciples of Jesus and want to follow Jesus and want to be in his kingdom and do his will and they believe in him as Messiah. And Jesus said, you've got to deal with this insulting that goes on commonly in a society, but don't you be part of it. And he goes on with this next phrase. We have to deal with this. He says in the last phrase of verse 22, And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the fires of hell. Now, what is that? How is it different from the insult? Well, to say raka or to give an insult, you're in danger of the of the council. That is, you can get in trouble in a court of law. But here you can get in trouble with God. So what's different? To say, you fool, you're, you're liable to the fires of hell. What's different there? Why is it so severe? And I would say two things are here. In one, in the insult, it's a, a moment that passes. You're angry and so you, you throw something out there. This is an ongoing attitude toward a class of people. It can be a race. It can be a social standing. It can have religious overtones. In one, you're angry about an offense. In this one, you have an attitude toward a people. That settled attitude. In the first one, it's temporary. In this one, it's ongoing toward a whole class of people. And Jesus said, 
That puts you in danger of the fires of hell. Social standing, educational status, political parties. We're better. You're nothing. That gets you in trouble with God, not just a court. I'll give you an example of, of it in Luke 18, where the two sinners, or one was a Pharisee, they went up to the temple to pray, Luke 18.10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. And the Pharisees was standing by himself and prayed like this, God, I thank you, I am not like other men. They are extortioners, unrighteous, they're adulterers, or even like this guy right here is a tax collector. Oh, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like them. A tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but he said, God... And, and there's a definite article here in the Greek text. Be merciful to me, the sinner. I'm the biggest sinner here today. Please have mercy upon me. I can't do works. I, I can't ever undo what I have done. I need mercy as the biggest sinner. And Jesus made this statement. Luke 18, 14. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. Declared forgiven, reconciled, whereas the rather than that other one, the Pharisee. It did him no good to go to church. Because he had, he didn't cut, he didn't leave reconciled to God, therefore he's liable to the fires of hell. Why? Because his attitude was, you're all inferior to me. One can get you in trouble with the law, but this one gets you in trouble with the Lord. So as Jesus probes the heart, let's go now to verse 23. Or verse, uh, yeah, verse 23. So is the way the English Standard Version starts. Another version goes, therefore... And here's the way you, you read from verse 23 down to verse 26. He gives four things you can do. If, if this attitude and these, this, this disdain for people that comes out in words and slanders and gestures and this prejudice comes out against races and classes if this is so severe, what can we do? And Jesus says, therefore, since it's that solemn and that serious, therefore, number one, verse 23 and 24, he says, if you're offering your gift at the altar, verse 23, and remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go be reconciled. So here's my first point. Since it is so important that our attitudes be right and anger be dissolved, 
come to worship with an open heart. God may speak to you. You see what he says? When you're offering your gift at the altar, this person has come to worship. He's brought his offering. And when you do that, he doesn't say, don't come to worship. He says, when you, in fact, he says, uh, when you come to worship and you're at the altar and you've got your offering, he says, and you remember, he says, be sure and leave your offering at the altar. Don't take it with you. <laughs> I like that. Because I know people, and I know sometimes they don't bring it back. So Jesus says, when you come and you're in worship, there may come to mind someone that has something against you. And notice that comes to him while he's at the altar, while he's in worship, while he's bringing his gift. Worship is where God often speaks and sanctifies us and purifies us. So the first thing I would say is, when you come to worship, have an open mind, have an open heart. Listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. That will save you from insulting people and anger and and, uh, prejudice and attitudes that are unworthy and disdainful and unlike those who follow Jesus. Come and worship with an open heart and mind. God will speak to you, especially about relationships. Number two, also verse 23, uh, verse 24, leave your gift at the altar and go first be reconciled. Go first be reconciled, then come and offer your gift. If you, he says, if your brother has something against you, not if you have something against them, maybe you're good. But don't leave unreconciled brothers out there. Take the initiative. Take the initiative in reconciliation and go to them. I've had to do that many times. Now, I would not try to do it with everybody that gets mad at you. I would try to do it to those people, with those people, uh, that God impresses your heart to do it. Because we try to do it with everybody. As, As a pastor, I'm telling you, I'd be doing nothing all week except going to people I've offended. (laughs) But in prayer, sometimes God will bring someone to my mind. And I've done that before, and it just released the blessings of heaven on my life when I would do it. In fact, I would have to say the one event I'm thinking of, I had a more intense joy of the Holy Spirit after I left their house than I have ever experienced before or since. That's how powerful it was. Romans 12, 17, Paul puts it like this. Don't repay anyone evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Verse 18, Romans 12, 18. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, Be at peace with all men. In other words, you do whatever you need to do and then you leave it with God and the person. You can't make them be reconciled, but you can make an unnecessary, if there was an unnecessary act or word, you can make an apology, possible restitution, whatever the 
the cause uh, brings forth. As much as it depends on you. Because God will bless you. So number one, come to worship with an open heart. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Number two, take the initiative in this reconciliation. Don't wait on them. Number three, verse 25, is act quickly. He says, verse 25, come to terms quickly with your accuser uh, as you're going to court, lest he hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you're in prison. In other words, don't let it get to a third party. You deal with it. You take the responsibility for it. Act quickly when God brings it to mind. And then number four. Ignore the small stuff. Verse 26. Truly I say to you, you will never get out till you've paid the last penny. And that word penny struck me. Jesus is talking about people who are fighting over a penny. Um, it, it may not mean exactly what our penny is. Maybe it's a little more. Uh, one commentary said it's a, it might be a dollar and a half in our uh, economy today. Do you want to fight over a dollar and a half? If some impatient driver honks, you don't have to honk back. Uh, if the girl at the drive-thru forgets your french fries, that's not a battle you want to fight. Amen? We're, we don't fight over french fries. Um, something slight that doesn't matter in eternity. Um, I have a large extended family and about four kids and 14 grandkids. And so when they come over on Sunday for dinner, we, our, the cars are stretched uh, both on the road, both directions. And I had a neighbor who was very uh, meticulous about his yard and so when we would park in front of his house because there's nowhere else to park it would get over into grass about like this this much and he was furious and he called the police and the police informed him and maybe y'all don't know this but did you know that the first like six to eight feet of the front of your yard going up to the road is not your property. It's city property. Or county, I don't know. But so they told him that. They said, it's not your property. They can park here all they want. So they didn't even come over and knock on my door. But he did. And he registered his complaint rather vociferously. So I said, okay, folks, let's just not park that direction. I'm not going to park. I'm not going to fight that battle. I'm not here to fight over six feet of yard and green grass. We're not here to fight over a dollar and a half. The lack of french fries. 
We're, that's not our battle. The little things. Jesus saying, is this really, you, you want to do this over a penny? You're going to end up in court over, over a small slight? In 1 Samuel 17, 29, David, who's a little teenage shepherd, leaves his sheep and goes to take some uh, food to his brothers who are in the army. And when he gets to where his brothers are, they're in a, they're, uh, a raid against the Philistines and Goliath. You've got the Philistines on one side, and you've got the Israelites on this side with their king, Saul. And David comes up and he, he finds his brothers... And they said to him, what are you doing here? Who'd you leave them sheep with? We know why you're here. You've just come to watch the battle. And he said, what did I do? Isn't there a cause? Isn't there a great cause? And David went and fought fought Goliath. David recognized, look, I'm not going to fight with you. You're my brothers. I'm going to go fight the enemy. And David said, when he went to face Goliath, he said, I'm going to win because I'm here to fight the Lord's battles. (laughs) You know what? The Lord's battles are not with your brothers. The Lord's battles are with Satan and his evil spirits and all the destruction that they bring into our lives. There's our battle, my friends. And there's our fight. Pick your battles. What are you angry about? Let's release it to God. Say, God, make me angry with some things. Fill me with passion for some things that matter in eternity. When it comes to judgment day, Will this issue matter? And that's what he calls us to. Remember who the enemy is. He's not my brother. Remember where the battle is. It's not behind the lines. It's facing the giants that destroy our people. Jesus gets to the root. He goes right to the heart of the matter. Not just murder. It's anger, contempt, in attitude and gesture. And this is what he calls us. He calls us to be his disciples. Ushers, would you prepare and let us conclude our worship time today with our tithes and our offerings unto God. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your guidance in your word and for the ethics of Jesus that gives us worth and value and helps us to pass it on to others. Bless this concluding time of worship as we give to you and as we listen to you. May we listen to you in this very hour in Jesus' name. Amen.